You already know what it is. I'm telling you. Turn it up and watch it pound. We are HGB proud. You're listening. Being a superhero is bad for your health. Hey, glad you stopped by. You're tuned in to Carla's Coffee House. You're just in time. Come on in. Put your feet up. I poured one just for you. back live with Carla's Coffee House. Thanks for joining me tonight. We have a very special guest coming to us completely right from the out west, the out west coast, the west coast of Canada. We're going to have Angela Harris with us tonight. She has hit the charts here at HGB with her wonderful song called A Woman Like Me. Beautiful harmonies, great, great music. Hope you, if you're a country artist, I hope you enjoy the show tonight. It's considered alternative country. Yes, there's a genre for that too. And I'm really happy to uh, be talking with her tonight. We're going to give you a song by Angela first. This one is A Woman Like Me, the one that's made the charts here on HGB. And then we're going to give her a call and have a chat. So enjoy this tune and we'll be right back with Angela Harris on the phone. You just never knew what to do with a woman like me. Strong and wild with her mindset and a heart.
Hello. Hi, Angela. This is Carla from HDB Canada. Hi, Carla. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. We just got done listening here uh, to your song, A Woman Like Me, which I am totally crazy about. I love this song. Oh, thank you. Now, you wrote that, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Wow. Who's doing the harmonies for you? I got to ask. I'm a harmony buff. <laughs> uh, for that particular song, those are my own harmonies. Wow. Did that ever sound good? <laughs> Aw, <laughs> thank you. So you're located in British Columbia, is that right? Yes, I am. I'm in North Vancouver. Oh, so it's warm? <laughs> uh, well, warmer than the average person in northern BC, that's for sure. Yeah, there's quite a distinct uh, difference between south and north in British Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there sure is, yeah. So is it my understanding you just got back from being away on tour? Um, no, I've been working on uh, booking a tour, but I haven't been on tour. Okay, okay, because I think you were away somewhere, and that's why we, we were going to get you a little bit earlier in the year, but you were away, so we said, okay. We'll take her whenever we can get her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a busy time. I've been out com doing a lot of conferencing and um, meetings and whatnot, trying to set things up for 2019. So I was on the road, but not touring. Now, you're, how long have you been um, doing music, like, full-time? Full-time? I started um, in 1992 was my journey, and I started as a songwriter first, honing my craft. So... Throughout the whole 90s, I was in and out of Nashville at, um, you know, different lengths of time throughout that decade and just honing my craft. And then I didn't really anticipate being an artist, to be honest. I was just on a journey to get a publishing deal and um, settle into the Nashville scene as a writer. And then it just kind of organically happened that uh, I ended up having a, a record and putting it out and starting my life as an, a full-time artist. Tell us a little bit about that experience in Nashville and, and what you had to go through and what you've taken away from it. Well, my sound uh, is very traditional sounding musically, and so the time in Nashville was really great in the beginning, but then... Um, country started turning to the more pop sound when Shania Twain hit the scene and um, and then Nashville started to revisit their sound and developing outside of um, my stylings and so the first part of my journey in Nashville was really great I learned a lot and I was writing with uh, other uh, published writers and making headway but then toward the second half of that journey it started to get really challenging and uh, my music the, my style wasn't being accepted as much. And so it really took a toll kind of on me as a creator. I didn't really know what was going to be happening next. And I was feeling really kind of defeated and um, had to really decide what route I wanted to take because there was an opportunity for me to uh, get in and sign a deal and write more mainstream commercial sounding uh, music or to stay with my authenticity and um, pull from that scene and try to redevelop a somewhere else. And so I cho chose to stay with my authenticity and uh, develop my music into another genre. Wow, that was that a difficult decision to, to come, come to with that opportunity sitting before you? Yeah, it really, really was. Um, it took me quite a few months to wrap my head around you know, the pros and cons of going either route. Um, I, I was developing as a writer and had these opportunities come to me at the same time that other Canadian artists and writers that I'd kind of grown and developed with, um, they, and, you know, they were faced with the same sort of decisions and they chose to stay. So it was really hard to watch them succeed in, in that part of the journey and for me to be struggling on the other side. But now I'm a few decades from that, and um, and I'm really, really glad that I chose the route that I took. I'm glad you did, too, because your, your songs are unique. Um, they're full of feeling. You can feel the, the traditional sounds and stylings in there, yet you've got this, uh, uh, your own take on, on like, um, I don't know, you call it alternative country, is that right? 
Yeah, it's the term that's being used for country that's obviously country, but it's not mainstream. So some call it trad, some call it alternative. And in the U.S. and other markets like U.K. and Europe, they call it Americana. So I kind of sit in that world. That's probably the best world to sit in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy. The Americana scene has really developed also over the decades. So I just attended Nashville again for the first time in of you know a long time since my last trip was 2001 and then I just took another trip in um, September of 2018 and it was my first time since 2001 so I didn't know what I was going to be headed to because when I left the last time I was in a real funk you know Um, but when I went back and attended the Americana Fest, it was just so inspiring. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to be. This is where I want to go. I really felt like I finally had a place. Wow. Now that just, just totally blows me away, but I got to take us back just for a minute to your first, uh, journey to Nashville to develop as a songwriter. How did that even happen? (laughs) Well, uh, it was the fire in my belly, really. Um, Ever since I was a little girl, I just, well, let's back up even before I I knew that I wanted music. My mom is a singer-songwriter, and so she never pursued it professionally beyond the Okanagan region of BC, and that was a personal choice she made. She really wanted to stay and, and be a great wife and a good mom and um and so she did that and I'm really grateful she did but she kind of gave up the dream for that but music was still in our home she still carried that little ember in her and she wrote songs and she ended up recording a record called Chilcote and Country which was um all songs that she wrote and recorded about living with her family and raising us kids in the Chilcotin. and it was watching her through that journey and just feeling so excited about it all that I just wanted to do that. That's, I just knew that's what I wanted to pursue. And so I started writing songs um, on her 12-string guitar at the age of 13. And I was also a teenager girl kind of going through my own things, as teenage girls do. Mm-hmm. And it was a great outlet for me. And I just discovered a lot of... Um, really great things about that process that I needed for me. It enriched my life. And so I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a songwriter, and I wanted to influence people, inspire them, motivate them through my music, just like other writers and singers did for me when I was growing up, and that my mom did for me, you know, in our home. So that's kind of what kind of started the fire in my belly and then as I got older and through my high school years and I was in a band um, I was in that band to kind of experience what does it mean to be in the music business and it was through that that the musician said hey are you a writer do you write songs and I said oh yeah I do and they said well let's hear some of your songs and then that then the journey started and I knew that I had to write better songs and learn how to do this if the band was going to record them and we were going to perform them then I needed to be great and that's when I decided okay well I'm a country music songwriter I need to go to where country music and that was Nashville so packed up in 92 and off I went Wow, so you just showed up and just started knocking on doors? I did. (laughs) I just showed up and um, I hit Music Row. I remember the the very first day I ever walked through that area and I was just like, wow, this this looks like another place where there's houses and stuff. And so I didn't really get it at first and then... I started uh, going to the different clubs where there were open mics and singer-songwriter in the rounds and started talking to people, and that's when I started understanding kind of the the system and the function of Nashville and how Music Row was literally just different homes looking, look like homes, like residential place, but they were converted into like studios and labels and production facilities and And then I was introduced to Nashville Songwriters Association International, and I started talking to them 
and then that that's what ended up um, introducing me to all the events and showcases that they put on. And then I started working my uh, trips around the events they were doing. And one of the key ones for me was the Nashville Songwriters Symposium. And that's when I started meeting songwriters. So it just kind of developed and and grew from my first trip of just talking to people and digging in and finding out the who's who and the what's what. And then every trip just became more informed for me. Wow, that is just, that is so interesting because you, you always wonder how do people get, you know, from A to B, like what happened and that must have been kind of, was it a little intimidating just like first trip down, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to show <laughs> yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it totally was because I, I, you know, I was raised in the Chilcotin in a rural community and, um, and then Williams Lake was where I graduated from and started my young adult life. It was such a small town and, you know, I was the only one uh, that was kind of doing this kind of thing. So it wasn't like I could go to a local group or club and, and network and jam and stuff. It's kinds of things just didn't happen in my youth and teens. So um, it just it just was that fire in me. I just knew that I had to do this and you know, I was scared to death. <laughs> I remember the feeling getting on the plane and just like, wow, what am I doing? <laughs> um, and how do I do this? But I just really, I just really depended on the people around me, whether it was at the airport or the cafe or the hotel or on the bus. I just talked to people and I told them like, I'm new at this. I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going. Can you please help me? And, and they did. And they were just em- embraced it and and guided me along the way. You know, that's what I find as, you know, a musician myself, and, and I just had a little bit of an experience today again. That is one of the coolest things about doing what we do. Like, you're doing it on a bigger scale than I am right now, and but it's it's the people that you meet and opening your eyes that, you know, you can think of the world as a really bad place to live in, or you can put it out there and, and hope that, there's positivity around you and there are good people and then when you get out there and you see that that there are good people that they will help you and they don't always rip you off or try to harm you it's very encouraging (laughs) you know yeah yeah totally I kind of live I live that way because when I'm um whether I'm you know working or touring or you know even if I'm at yoga or kayaking there's, I just see people around me every single day, and I just trust that they're good people. And, and you're right. Like, on the most part, we're surrounded by really great people. And so if you're open and welcoming and honest and all of those things, you tend to, like, recognize that there's a, a lot of people around you like that every single day just to reach out to them, and they're happy to help you. Absolutely, and that, that is that is key and I that's how I live my life too and I love love it because everybody always surprises me and blows me away and I love being blown away by good stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally totally now your album um this is a really good album I've actually listened to every song on the album and what I like about the album is that it's varied it's like, you know, like uh, a woman like me, which we just played there a little while ago, is completely different than Swamp Water. So you get these variations through the album. It's not boring. You don't know what you're going to get. It's not like uh, like uh, the same style all the way through. There's a vein of it, but it, it, it has this variety to it. Now, when you were writing those, um, tell us a little bit about um, uh, how these songs came into being. Well, thank you, uh, first of all, for the kind words. That means a lot to me. Um, When I approached the concept of a woman like me, it was basically a personal journey that I had decided that I needed to take. I didn't really intend for every one of those songs on the album to actually be there. There are some that I had written for therapeutic purposes to help me work through some personal things that I thought I would never share with anyone. So, um, the first thing is, is that I didn't, because I wasn't writing for the purpose of 
this particular set of 10 songs to go out into the world. I wasn't thinking industry or brand or, you know, sound or style or direction or anything. I was just letting it kind of pour out of me and letting it, the song be what it's meant to be and um, just working through the material. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, outside of my traditional country and bluegrass roots, which is what I, I grew up on, and I've also been in Vancouver for a decade, and I've been surrounded by all kinds of music here. And I had recognized while I was writing that the music that I was writing had those little bits of flavors of blues and jazz and, you know, these other musical influences that I've, I've had in my life were coming through my music. And at first I looked at that and I was kind of like, wow, I'm just writing some stuff that has a bit more edge to it or a bit of a blues sound or whatever. But then I just thought, I'm just going to let this happen because this, these songs are meant for me. So then I went through the whole journey and wrote the album and, um, and then put together the first initial 10 songs that I thought would go out there. But then when I was looking at all of it, I'm like, this totally doesn't tell the story of a woman like me. Like, I really need to consider these other songs. And those other songs were Should Have Known, I Want Them Gone, and Still were the three main ones that were really personal to me. Uh, but they definitely told the story of what I was intending to deliver to the fans. And so I chose to put them in there. And what ended up happening is these different sounds and styles. But when I brought them to my producer, he listened to him and he said, these, these sound like you still. They're not so far off that they, people won't connect with you. These are just, just really great songs that need to be on the album. And so that's how these, ten, these particular 10 ended up on the record. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, I really, I think that's probably why I like them so much because I really do, I, I mean, I like a great song no matter what it's written for, but um, my personal taste, and I know a lot of uh, my peer group feel the same way, is we like songs um, that mean something to that person that wrote them. Like, we want to hear the story behind it. We want to be involved. We want to be emotionally connected. Um, all of these things. Now, with this type of album, this must have taken you some consideration to decide who's going to produce it, has it, or like um, things like yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I produced, co-produced the last two albums that I did, and I had kind of like honed my skills a bit as a producer. So I thought that I would take this next uh, album on and approach a woman like me similar to I did my last record. But when I got into the studio and I was at the second session and producing it, I realized that I was in way over my head, that there were sounds and um, tones that I needed to like really look and listen to that I wasn't really qualified to, to do. And so I had to really look at the integrity of the songs and the project overall and make a decision on if I was going to move forward already identifying that I wasn't the right person to produce it and find a producer or just produce it. And I chose that um, I needed to find the right producer and just do what's best for the album and the music. And that's when I uh, turned to John Ellis, who produced my debut record. Uh, I just knew that he was the right person for it and he was also the right person to share those particular personal songs with me he's been with me since the beginning and he just he knows me well and I just trusted it and he also knew the players that I really wanted to work with on this project and I just felt he was the right one so that's how that ended up happening and he was the right one I'm just really 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 pleased with how every single song turned out you know, you, you mentioned earlier, and that really caught my attention, was you said you just let the songs be what they were meant to be. And I uh -huh. love that because um, uh, J.P. Cormier was the one that uh, produced my, my last album. 
And when I, I was all nerved up and I went in, you know, like, I don't know if these are good. You know, I'm not much of a songwriter. You know, you, you go <laughs> <Yeah>. through that, right? <laughs> yeah, and totally. I'd say, what does this sound like? Is this country? Is this rock? Is this, what is it? And he mm-hmm. said, Carla, we're just going to let the song speak for itself. Totally. Yeah. And sure. I love that because it gave such freedom. It gave the song its own life. It uh-huh. had it had its own life. It comes out of you. You you write it. You know you put it together. But it has its own message that you don't even really plan to do when you write the song because somebody else uh-huh. sees something in it, right? Like if you have a producer, uh, somebody else that's listening to it. Yeah, very much so. I think as a writer, um, I definitely went into songwriting originally for me therapeutically. But then as I started sharing my songs with uh, music lovers in the world, I started to realize that once once I write that song and I make the decision to put it out there, the song is its own entity. And by making a decision to record it and share it, it suddenly doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to the people. And so I tried, I just have tried really hard through the course of my development as an artist is just to remember that once the song is written, it is what it is, and and to, to really protect the integrity of that. Because I sometimes, I don't know if you feel like this as a, um, a music creator or not, but as I've become more and more developed as a writer, and I certainly have a long ways to go, but I, I'm at the point now in my journey that, um, how do I word this? I'm almost like a vessel. I'm not necessarily like sitting there and consciously writing all the time. Sometimes I write and I don't really know what's come out of me through the creative process until I've taken a step back and listened to what I recorded. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So so you understand. It's like it's not like I'm going crazy. No, <laughs> We're saying no. something wacky. <laughs> it's just because <laughs> some people don't understand that, but it really is like I'm a vessel. It's like I'm really just um, meant to pour this stuff out onto paper and to find the right melody for it, whatever that is. And then it just certainly doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the universe. Absolutely. And that is that is such a good way to put it. Um, some people call it that divine inspiration that just kind of clicks and you get it. Um, it doesn't always happen that way. But vessel is a very good description of it because it's like you're housing um, something that needs to be organized and put out there, and then it, it's its own thing once you do that. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I've I've done what I've, and I want your opinion on this because I'm really curious. But sometimes with music, we're we're pushed. We're pushed to okay, your last album was out 18 months ago. You should be putting out a new one now. People are going to forget who you are. Blah blah blah, and that pressure comes. And the, sometimes in the songwriting, you're you're pushing to write, write, write so that you get something out, you know, that's good enough for an album to put out. Now, one of the things that I have discovered, because I haven't put out an album now, and it's going to be, i got to smarten up, it's almost five years. Mm-hmm. I got one written, and it's, it's half half done in a studio, and I'm going to finish it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> almost there. But... I have been writing still and I just, you know, take my phone and put the notes down, sometimes pick up the guitar and write write some, not write it, I just play around till I get a little jingle I like and hopefully it's a good enough hook. But I left, I left it alone for about four or five months and then I went in my phone the other day because my data was shut off and I had no Wi-Fi and I was like, I got nothing to do. So I went into my audio at lunchtime at work, and I was listening yeah. to some of the songs. And one of the songs I listened to, I freaked out. I said, I wrote that? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, and now where I was stuck four or five months ago and didn't know what to do with it. But when I heard it five months later, I was like, okay, I know what to do with that. I know where that needs cleaned up. And it, it, it gave me that break from that song so I didn't pressure myself so now when I heard it it was kind of fresh to me too and I was like oh Uh yeah I know what to do with that now does that happen to you totally it took me four years to finish a woman like me 
um, I used to feel that same pressure, like, in the early days. It's like, you know, all the other artists are passing me, and the fans want more music, and all of those things. I, I, I did go through that. But I now look at things very differently. It's like, I'm a creator, and when I'm inspired and I kind of fill up, that's when I need to unload and I kind of go into output. I just start writing all that stuff that I've kind of soaked in and I don't put a time limit on that. That can be uh, months at a time, years at a time. I just, I don't think of it that way. It's like when I'm full enough, I will be inspired to write at which time I'll write and it will be what it'll be. And then I'll look at it then and I'll decide and only the songs that I feel are worth because you do have to invest in them once mm-hmm. once you have your catalog of new material you do have to invest into the ones you're going to share and so I look at that just like you I give it time and then I go back and listen and I if I'm inspired by that piece having been separated it from the time I wrote it if I'm inspired by that piece then it goes into that short list I want to invest into this further. I want to, I want to share this further because now I have that little flame in me that makes me excited to get it out and invest in the song so I can share it. So that's kind of how I do it. And and yeah, sometimes there's some, you know, some time lapses between releases, but I just don't worry about it anymore because I've identified now that that's just the kind of artist I am. That's how I create and my relationship with my fans is such that they know that if it's going to take me four years to finish it, that when it comes out the other end, it's going to be the very best of me. And, and I I love that. And now they just patiently wait. (laughs) (laughs) You have got great fans. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I really do. I have the best fans ever. They're so patient and they're so, um, trusting that when I say it's coming it really is coming and it'll be the best that I can ever deliver at that time and yeah they're just really great so what do you do in between albums and if you have long spaces like that between this creative process do you continue to play um do you play the the songs that you've always had or do you go into covers what what do you do to to get yourself out there well I'm a writer first and foremost so I write all the time I'm always at home writing and often doing uh, songwriter type events. So the events coming up now, like my gigs in March and April and into the summer are singer songwriter type events where I'm in the round. I do go to open mics. I do a lot of co-writing. I'm always writing. So that's kind of my world. And then in addition to that, um, I have a business called Fairwind Entertainment Services, and I I launched 10 years ago. And what I do with that business is I help other developing artists um, with their business. Whatever gap is in their career, I bridge it because I've walked the walk with them or before myself, and um, I just bring myself into their team and I just help them. So I have a variety of different clients that I work with and I do digital music marketing artist development and um, management now I've just gone into managing so I manage a hip-hop rap artist in Vancouver by the name of Terrell Safety. wow yeah and I also manage a producer I manage John Ellis who produced my album he asked me to do that a, a year and a half ago so I took that on and I also manage a group called the New Yankee Yorkies, which is a super group. They're a, a roots rock band. So that keeps me really busy and my finger on the pulse. And um, last year I released 26 records through all my clientele. And, uh, and that really excites me. It's another passion of mine, music marketing. So that's what I do outside of writing and releasing and touring and, um, Yeah. Very busy. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a very busy woman then, because I know that yeah. takes a lot of time. Yeah, it, it really does, but I really love it. I just kind of like a, a seven days a week girl, and I, I, what makes me feel just as excited for my success is when I see one of the artists that I'm working with be successful at what they do without compromising their art or um, signing deals that may not be the right deals for them. They are able to you know, partner up with me and other people 
that they feel can be on their team, and then we deliver cross lines with them, and it's really exciting. I love that. I think we're just too much alike. This is just spooky. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that's why I do radio you're... too. It's the same thing, you know. But I don't get I don't get paid for it. I just do it because, you know, I like to see artists, you know, meet with success. And there there is a gap, you know, in in between your community radio and your mainstream radio, and and basically online radio seems to fill that gap very nicely. And, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's always recorded. It's on podcast. People can hear it later on. Uh, but, but a lot of them, the artists that I've had on the station, they've, they've met with success. You know, they've, they've gone on. And it just feels like, a, you know, it's a baby launch, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I think, too, like, I re- I've had record deals in the past. And I've, you know, taken that real structured, standard artist route before in my career. So I, I totally get it. But what I really love is that we're in the digital age and an independent artist, if they have promotional outlets like yours and they have supporters on the front line like myself, then we're all kind of working together to keep the music kind of flowing and getting out there to the fans. And I just love that we're in a a place right now, in this particular decade especially, where artists can really take the reins and and say, hey, I'm an independent artist, I have my own label, I'm self-published, I'm, you know, I have a manager, but I'm really hands-on, and I have creative control, and they're still sustainable, and I think that it's so great that we're in a a place in the music industry where artists can choose, am I, do I want to go mainstream, or do I want to stay more alternative sounding, more grassroots, and take an independent approach. And the fact that we even have those choices is just amazing. Because when I started, there was only one lane to take. And, um, and if you didn't fit on that lane, you were off on the side and hoping that somewhere someone would give you a break. And we just don't have to worry about that anymore. No, that's so true. And I think um, going back to what J.P. Cormier told me, um, a few years ago when I worked with him, it, it was refreshing to hear. He said, you know, Carla, you can make a living doing this. He said, you, you, it depends on what you want. And I said, well, I don't want to be, you know, like Kanye West or anything. I just, you know, want to <laughs> freaking make a living. You know, I want to be able to do this yeah. every day and create and make a new album and, and uh, go and, and bring joy to people if it's that, that's what they want. Um, and he said, yeah, it can be done. And that was such uh-huh. a refreshing thing to hear because I always felt like no matter what you do in life, it doesn't matter what it is, music or, you know, something more corporate, whatever it is, you know, you you make it happen. You can do uh-huh. it. It's just uh-huh. you got to know how to do it. And a lot of people aren't equipped. They don't know how to make it happen. They don't have the connections. They don't know where to go next. And that is where I'm trying to help out a little bit with HGB is like, saying okay here's here's the step you should be taking you know a lot of artists believe it or not don't even know they should really just be like hanging out on the SOCAN site registering up and uh, learning a few things from there that some of them don't even know about it um, so yeah it's it's very rewarding and you've just piqued my interest completely this is you're one of those artists that do it all and I just love it <laughs> oh thank you yeah I, I, I admire your work as well I, I wouldn't know what to do at radio but I do admire the you know the whole scheduling and interviewing and that whole thing I just think it's pretty awesome that you're doing what feels right to you too and just living your your true life you know that's so true you know we we, we sometimes get into places that uh, we're not happy, and that's uh-huh. what what a sad thing because really life is so short. You, uh-huh. you want to be doing what's authentically you, what you were put on this earth to do, right? Uh-huh. I really felt that when Terrell Safety came into my life because he came into my world um, for help as a market for marketing direction, and so that's what brought us together, and we were successful in our entire. Um, campaign we executed a really successful marketing plan and he we leveled him up and it was really exciting and that's what kind of uh, got me into 
the decision of, is this an artist that I really want to continue working with, but pour more into? And he was feeling like, you know, I was the right person for his team. And, but I never thought in a million years that I would ever be managing a hip hop rap artist. I don't even know really much about the genre. <laughs> and I was pretty forward about that with him. I'm like, well, Trell, I, I don't really know the hip hop rap scene. And he says, well, you know the music business and you, you know, you love my music and I feel that and, you know, you're really good at what you do and we've come this far. And he's like, if you teach me some of the things that I need to know to become a better artist, I'll teach you about the hip hop rap scene and over time we'll get it figured out. And I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> awesome. That is really yeah. awesome. So if I, I really, you know, I really feel like if I wasn't on my my true path, if I wasn't listening to the, that instinct from, you know, throughout this whole journey, then I wouldn't have come to this place in my world where I'm just feeling really, really good about what I do every day and um, the music that I'm sharing. So I think it's just really important for people, especially the young artists that are taking their journey, is to not feel the pressure, don't allow it to come into their world, just trust that trust that that fire is burning for a reason and to listen to those instincts. You know, I think that is exactly what is missing in so much of what we're doing today. It, it's, it's, it's that, well, I don't want to get all hocus pocus, but it really it's the spiritual connection to what we do. Um, there's, you know, occupation and there's vocation, you know, and so many of us miss that because we're trying to, uh, do the right thing and we miss yeah. doing what is right what is completely right by our own selves because mm -hmm. when you know other people are receiving from us and how many times have you listened to a song when you were in a really depressed state or something really bad happened you know in your life and some song came on the radio you might not have heard before or whatever and you got some sort of healing from it Oh, all the time, all right. the time. Like my latest uh, experience was, I was just feeling, I have, um, I've fought chronic depression my whole life. And so that's what I want them gone is about. I came to a place in my life where I just really needed to look at this and really make sure that I was working on whatever was in, in me that was making me so dark and down and start shining a light and letting others shine their light on me and um when i was in that state where it's just like oh i can feel myself slipping to that dark side i just don't want to get out of bed i was just kind of flipping through songs and i landed on eminem's uh phenomenal and that song just totally it just shifted me and inspired me to get up and get at it <laughs> and so that's an example of of what music well, what it does to all of us, but that's what music does for me, too. Exactly, and that's why it's so special. And to have someone like you in the industry that's, that recognizes that, you know, um, and, and can get the artist out there to do what they're meant to do, that fire. I love it how you say it's that fire because it's so true. Like today, I just went to a open mic for the first time and probably... Ay, 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 probably a year. And, uh -huh. you know, I got there and I was nervous because I hadn't been doing this for a while because I've been moving around a little bit. But when I got there, like, I was pale. I wasn't feeling well. And I had a friend with me. I got up and I did a little set, you know, five, six songs. And my total countenance changed. When I came off the stage, he said, the color's back in your face. He yeah. said, you've got, you've got to jump in your step. And I'm like, he, and he just said to me, he said, this is what you're supposed to be doing. He said, yeah. you're not happy if you're not doing mm -hmm. this. He said, it's making you sick. Mm -hmm. And it blew me away because I, I knew that. But to hear that validated from somebody else that says, you know, you, you do what you, you got to do this because this is who you are. Mm -hmm. It really changes yeah. your, your perspective. And you think, well, Maybe I was coming at it the wrong way. Maybe I should come at it this way this time. You learn something about yourself. You evolve every time something different happens and you go through something as both an artist and a human being. 
because they're tied yeah, together. Sure. <laughs> totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's just really important to make sure you're feeding yourself and nurturing yourself and um, and keeping the balance, right? Absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to take this show out on Swamp Water, but I want you to talk a little bit about this song and just let us know if you want, you know, no pressure, mm-hmm. um, okay. what was going on in you that this song came out? Okay, uh, well, I'm a, I was a single mom for of three girls, and um, I decided to leave a very unhealthy marriage and start a new life in a new town with new people uh, in the year 2000. And so I had three little girls, <clears throat> and what I went through as a woman and as a mother, um, and also watching them grow as young girls into you know womanhood, it was really clear to me that um, girls go through things that are really hard. Mm-hmm. And women are faced with decisions uh, that they have to make all the time that put them into situations that are really, really challenging and difficult. And, but we've got to keep going. We can't stop. We can't, you know, I became the breadwinner for my family and trying to put the roof over the head and still being the mom where I'm putting the food on the table and cuddling them at night and, uh, but also being firm and disciplining and seeing that discipline through. And it was just really hard. And then watching the girls struggle without having a father figure in their life and all of those things. But they all just got up in the morning and kept pushing through. And I just really saw how important it was to, um, it's fortitude really. And so swamp water is about being in that place as a girl and knowing that you're going to be trudging through murky waters and it's going to be really hard, but you have to keep going. (laughs) You just have to keep going and trudge through it all. And, um, when you come out the other side, it's going to be great. The reward is on the other side. It truly is. And so that's what swamp water is about. Wow. Yeah. And that, that is so true. And it's such a good message for, for us all, for sure. Now, before I let you go, I want to know, do you, you said you're, you're going on songwriting, um, trips right now. Mm-hmm. So do you plan on doing a tour and how far out are you going to be going? I am planning on doing some touring. Uh, we're looking to get over to Ontario. Woo-hoo! <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're just sketching out the tour uh, runs now and uh, sending the packages out and, and negotiating. So there's going to be some shows coming up and we're going to be announcing soon. And yes, Ontario's on the list. Yes. I can't wait because I'm coming. Okay, yay. <laughs> Are you in Toronto? Or? I'm close by. I'm in Brampton. Okay, excellent. So, so about right. a half an hour away. Okay, well, just be watching the show dates. And I'll if you sign up to my newsletter, then you'll get the announcement right away. Speaking of which, how can people find your website? It's AngelaHarris.net. And my website really is my kind of home base. So if anything's happening in my career, it does go immediately onto my website before anywhere else. So that's where everyone can go. This is AngelaHarris.net. And if you want updates right away in your inbox, you can sign up to my newsletter. There you go, folks. You heard it. So Mm -hmm. this has been an absolute pleasure. I've had so much fun talking to you. I've learned so much. I really appreciate the time that you took to talk to us today, get to know your music, get to know the woman behind the music. And I wish you the very best. And I hope we'll be able to do this again. And maybe even when you're in Ontario, we'll get to do an in-house interview. Oh, I'd love that. And thanks for taking the time, Carl. I really enjoyed this interview as well. So thank you. You're welcome. That was Angela Harris. And uh, we'll say goodbye to her now. And we will be right back with a song. Thanks, Angela. Thank you. All right, so this is Swamp Water taking it out on HGB Canada's Carla's Coffee House. 
Thank you so much for everybody for listening. We're a few minutes early, but that's okay. This is Angela Harris from BC. Good night. Love.